It's Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences, eating 90 loaves in 90 days. Tune in and carb up. 90 loaves in 90 days. You're listening to the Pitching a Loaf podcast. Welcome to Pitching a Loaf podcast. This is the 12th episode of our series, our last one. Yes, I'm coming to the end of my Eat Bread 90 journey, and I've learned so much about bread and eating bread. Anyway, today's podcast will discuss whether or not bread has let me to gain 20 pounds. But before we start, please welcome my co-host. Hi, Lynn. My name is Dave Dahl, and I'm co-founder of Dave's Killer Bread. And my name is Lynn Carson, founder and CEO of Bakerpedia, the only place online for technical commercial baking information. Now, before we start, I'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is sponsored by Bakery Concepts International, the makers of RapidoJet, a novel high-impact mixing and hydration machine that will change the way you mix forever. To learn more about RapidoJet, contact bakeryconcepts.net today. Today, we want to welcome our guest, Janice Cooper from the Wheat Marketing Center and Tani Evers, Lynn's nutritionist, who appeared on episode two. Welcome, everyone. It's Thank great you. to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Guess what, Connie? Uh-oh. Guess what I have in front of me? I have my Your results. final results. Right? And this is the first time I'm seeing them, too. Yeah, so this is... Um, um, before the journey, and this is right now. I can mm-hmm. tell just by looking at you, you're like 20, 30 pounds heavier than you were. Okay, so... <laughs> what do you, you think, Janice? Did I put on any weight? She did do her um, lab results. Believe it or not, her fasting glucose actually went... Oh, wait, no. This was the end, right? Yes, this correct. is the end. So it is It is maintained. Yes. It is fine. High five. It is <laughs> below 100, so that is great. All her levels uh, are within normal range. I can see one of your liver enzymes is a little bit higher, but the other liver enzyme is lower. So I would call that a wash. I wouldn't say that that would be significant. She actually has improved her um, vitamin B12 level and your vitamin D. Have you been taking it consistently? Yes, I have. I don't know why it doesn't show on there. Okay, so guess what? You have to take more. And it's not uncommon in the Pacific Northwest. Sometimes people need to take as much as 2,000 to 5,000. And it also sometimes takes six months to a year. Oh, okay. Maybe. Right. So cholesterol still normal. Um, We did see a little bit of a tick up in your LDL. And actually, I would have expected your triglycerides to go up. Instead, they went down because triglycerides are related to carbohydrate intake. And carbohydrates, um, you know, any excess carbohydrate is easily converted in your bloodstream mm-hmm. to blood fats known mm-hmm. as triglycerides. And your level so actually went to down. to our listeners, uh, can you explain a little bit about what LDL is and what do you think it increased? So LDL cholesterol um, is what we call the bad cholesterol. Uh, It did go up a little bit. It's still not 
that concerning, and it could reflect some of the other foods that you're eating. I really doubt that it's related to your carbohydrate intake. It could be related to more your saturated fat. Or your beer, or all the beer you've been drinking. uh, I would say your Nutella. peanut butter, yeah, your Nutella. Nutella has has palm oil, which is a highly saturated fat, butter. So I I would look at some of the other components of your diet, and I wouldn't really frame your bread. If anything, I would have suspected your triglycerides to go up and they went down. Your HDLs are good. I mean, they're just about the same. It was 63 and it's 60, and that reflects your physical activity and your training. Anything above 45, though, is considered really good. So you're already in that kind of athletic range. I always tell kids, because I work with a lot of kids, that HDL stands for hero and LDL (laughs) stands for lousy, and it's like two little superheroes, the, the villain and the superhero duking it out, and the fact that you have good HDLs, I wouldn't worry too much about your LDLs. Uh-huh. Um, so normal thyroid, you know, it really looks to me that um, hemoglobin's good. I think you're doing fine. And what about your weight? Pretty much the same. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And Jenny, do you think I lost weight? Well, that's what I, I thought when I saw you like two weeks ago. You uh, you look just fabulous. So if if you can do that on a, a loaf of bread a day, more better. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, Lynn. Your your neck's a little bigger than it was. <laughs> just kidding. Well, I think part of it. There's a couple things in play here because honestly, I'm not gonna tell everybody and all my patients to go eat a loaf of bread a day. Correct. Um, you're an exerciser. You're a triathlete, and you've been continuing to do that. Just and start it. Yeah. The other thing that I just was thinking about is you do not consume alcohol as an adult, really any alcohol. And even moderate intakes of alcohol would make it more difficult for you to maintain weight because even if you had a couple glasses of wine a day or, you know, a beer here and there, those calories are burned directly for energy. So all the carbohydrate that you're eating would have been more likely to be stored as fat. So that gives you a little bit of uh, leeway there in eating all this bread. So you're... So if I were to recommend someone on a high-carb diet and if um, they're concerned about gaining weight, mm-hmm. the recommendation would be don't drink alcohol. <laughs> well, that would be one of the recommendations, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but, you know, I think we talked about in podcast two, um, when you look at healthy societies all around the world, some of the healthiest um, cultures eat a high-carbohydrate diet. It's not always bread, but it's carbohydrate of some kind. Well, so I think carbohydrate in general and bread specifically have both gotten a really bad rap. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Isn't it, you know, basically what you burn? Um, it's For me, anyway, I lose weight by cutting my calories and you know, keeping the nutrition level, the, you know, the protein and basically the protein up and the carbs somewhat down depending on how much I'm burning. It really does come down to energy balance. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, changing the compositions between proteins and carbohydrates and fats, but honestly, calorie intake, energy in, energy out is still the most important. I think protein is very helpful though, because protein is satiating as, as is fat. So if you eat, if you were to eat all carbohydrate with very, say 80 to 90% of carbohydrate, which Lynn is not doing and have very little protein and fat, you're going to be more hungry. You're not going to feel that satisfaction. Your blood sugars are going to be 
be a little more wacky, and you're going to have a harder time maintaining your weight. But you know, Lynn, so you want the right breakdown in calories, right? And Lynn did a good job. I was trying to get her to eat around 80 grams of protein, and most days you came pretty close to that. Yes. And I highlighted a day here and there where maybe it was a little a bit low. low. Yeah, uh, but she was keeping her protein intake up, so that's great. So you were getting protein from bread. What what Mostly. were your other sources of protein? Um, mostly cheese, dairy, um, steak. Yeah, I love steak. <laughs> oh, it sounds steak. good. Yeah, <laughs> and um, eggs. So, you know, just a loaf of Dave's Kilo bread brings me meets my daily protein That's from one loaf. Yeah. <laughs> protein and fiber, probably too. Yes, mm-hmm. fiber, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you did a really good job with your fiber intake as well, and especially the days you were eating whole grain breads. Uh, your your fiber was sometimes double what we would like, and most Americans are under their intake in fiber. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, we talked about it before too. A bread such as Dave's Killer Bread that has the the nuts and seeds and flaxseed, the other components, it's already a complete protein. So that helps as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would like you to see, see you diversify your carbs a little bit going forward. What so. do you mean? Okay. So I'm a big fan of beans. Is there any, such a um, thing as a bean bread? You know, I've, got to I've ask our bread, listeners. I've made bean, yeah. bean bread. Yeah. But it's not made out of beans per se. It's the beans is the additive. Uh, you, right. The additives right. That you add. Yeah. I was just wondering because, um, one of the things we had talked about is your potassium is chronically low and your sodium is high. Mm-hmm. And when you look at what's What's recommended for Americans, it's about double potassium to sodium. It's about 4,700 milligrams of potassium is recommended a day and 2,300 milligrams of sodium. And the truth of it is most Americans are way off whack. Um, So So, in order to get more potassium, beans is one. Right. So why, why... Double the potassium. Does potassium do something to sodium? Well, they're both electrolytes. Mm-hmm. And when you look at even blood pressure regulation, and if you look deep into the dietary guidelines, it isn't just always cutting your sodium. It's changing that balance. So people who take in a lot of fruits, vegetables, dairy, legumes, and lower sodium tend to have lower blood pressure. It counteracts the effect of sodium. Okay. In blood pressure regulation, so because they're both electrolytes. Would it be helpful if some baker out there fortified their bread with potassium? Uh, well, that's I. I am not a baker, and potassium is a funny tasting mineral. Mm-hmm. It's often why you don't see it in something like a gummy. Yeah. Um, it also can be dangerous to take, you know, just like a shot of potassium all at once. Um, I mean, if if you were to have an injection of potassium, it could stop your heart. Wow. Right. So, um, but that's why I said incorporating something like beans. Actually, even a slice of bread does have some potassium in it but it's probably more like a one-to-one ratio, potassium to sodium. Um, So that's why I'm just thinking diversifying your diet. Um, One of the foods you like is lima beans. I love lima beans, yeah. Lima beans are crazy high in potassium. They're like 900 in a cup. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. uh, Bananas, right? Bananas. bananas, yeah. Yeah, bananas are well-known. Oranges, and you do, you do love oranges, so that's a good food as well. Yep. Um, and any tomato-based products, those are all good. So maybe it's just incorporating those in, on top of your bread. Okay. So, Lynn, you're almost uh, at the end of your 90-day journey. What's your first meal going to be that doesn't, uh, doesn't include bread? 
I think it's. I'm gonna just fall back on my culture and eat some rice. <laughs> Big bowl of rice. Brown rice, please. <laughs> I don't do you care. Eat, do you eat white rice? I love white rice. Oh, brown rice is so much better. Nummy. I know, but you know, tastes better too. With uh, with a traditional dish like stir fry, it's just what we were raised with. It's like asking you to eat, you know, ma- you know, like baked potatoes and mashed I can potatoes. eat anything. Uh, brown rice with shrimp and pineapple. Ah, oh. that's what you need. Well, you have have convinced me to do that. Do you know another thing, and I learned this from one of my patients, is to mix some quinoa into your rice, even white rice or brown. You don't even notice the quinoa when you mix it, like in your rice cooker. That's true. And it'll improve the nutrition. You know what I also miss eating is noodles, like wheat noodles, even Mm -hmm. though it's, you know, it's, it's wheat, but basically just the noodle texture itself. I do miss eating that. Well, there's there's certainly a wealth of wheat foods that you haven't been able to enjoy. <laughs> but right. back back Cookies, to brown rice, cakes. you <laughs> you should yeah. just use whole wheat berries. They've got much more fiber than brown rice. There you go. And a similar <laughs> similar flavor, oh, right? I like, yeah, I would, yeah, I definitely could do that. Where can we get whole berries from? Uh, you can get it from any of the bulk bins from the major stores. Bob, or, Bob's Red Mills have them, right? Mm-hmm. Or okay. you can talk to me. You've got a source. <laughs> <laughs> or, you, or you can use wheat and add extra fiber. <laughs> what about oh. some of these um, ancient wheat products that I'm seeing? Can you talk about those a little bit and yeah. how to use those? Yeah. Uh, well, they, they come in, in both whole forms and and flour-like forms, so you know you can use them interchangeably with, with wheat. Uh, you're thinking like farro and einkorn and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. They can be cooked whole and used in, uh, in either a salad. You mm-hmm. see them often on a salad uh, as we're coming into summer, uh, or uh, as a kind of a rice substitute with uh, with a stir fry, with uh, topped with vegetables and, and a protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the flour form, uh, they have wonderful flavor that you can mix in with a loaf of bread or or a cake or something. So they're they're very flexible and and add. You know, add an interest to the uh, to the recipe. Um, genetically, they're uh, they're very close uh, to th- uh, what we're eating now. Uh, wheat. Uh, I just saw a presentation by the Oklahoma State wheat breeder who was talking about the uh, you know the 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 ancestral parents of wheat and how similar they are to the the wheat we're growing today. So they're they're not far off. Great. Thanks. Hey, this episode is sponsored by Bakery Concepts International. Their patented repeatable jet technology has made the mixing step much more efficient, making it easier for bakers to provide the bread for Lynn for the past 90 days. You just have to watch the technology on YouTube. Go search repeatable jet on YouTube. Go now. Okay, guys. So <laughs> I have a treat for you today. Ooh. I think I think Dave. Might, yeah, Janice, you need to hold that, and and then um, and then Anna's gonna light it. Oh, I don't have a lighter. Right now. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have a lighter? Dave has a lighter. Okay. What we have here are candles one and two, signifying the twelve episodes, right? So we're having we're lighting up these candles. What do you think? Serious wicks. <laughs> Serious wicks, Jonathan. That's the first feedback. 
Is there some chocolate involved there? We'll see. <laughs> so with us today is Jonathan Steiner from Candle Candies Company. So what you see right here are white chocolate oh, wow. uh, uh, burning candles. <laughs> candles <laughs> made of white chocolate. So uh, yeah, they burn and they, they coat them. Yeah, oh, look at that. Is that, that cool? creates Very the cool. icing. Right, look. It burns and then the, the chocolate melts onto what we have here is a brioche, chocolate brioche bun. Oh, yeah. That's so clever. Yeah, so Jonathan, you are the creator and inventor of this technology, this new product we see here. What made you come up with this idea? I am. Well, first of all, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this podcast. I'm really happy to be here today, and, and I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I have been a chef for many years. I went to culinary school in 1999 and spent many years working in restaurants. And as you may know, working in restaurants, we see a lot of birthday cakes, a lot more birthday cakes than the, than the average uh, American. <laughs> and so people celebrating every day, bringing in cakes and, and whatnot. And so I would see every night a lot of cakes coming back through the kitchen that had melted wax on them from birthday candles. And I thought, it's interesting because wax is melting on your cake, and it kind of ruins the cake yes, it does. to a certain degree. And so I just put it in the back of my head that I, I, I'd like to think of a way to make that an edible candle. And uh, one night it just clicked. I, I remembered uh, back on the chocolate portion of my baking pastries program, from culinary school mm -hmm. and remember uh, learning about chocolate and, and what how chocolate works and that it's essentially, uh, it's a fat in a lot of ways, high fat content food. And so I just started experimenting with the, with the idea of using the cocoa butter as the fuel for the flame. Wow. In my, and, Great and idea. It took, it took a lot of playing around with, but um, it's, we've been working on this for years and my wife, uh, has a, uh, baking background. She worked at Pasadena Baking Company here in, in Los Angeles. So together we just put our heads together and, and kept this project rolling. That's very neat. Um, so what kind of chocolate do you use? So we use, um, Belgian white chocolate and cocoa butter. Um, it's very high quality uh, ingredients and um, we make them uh, now in a manufacturing uh, company in, in Van Nuys, California, makes them for us. Third generation chocolatier, it's very, uh, it's a delicate product to make um, because the formula has to be just right. Right, um, because to, right now it's like really, it doesn't melt very well, so. Um, There's a well. Mm. How does it taste, guys? Yummy. Mark, you want to taste? Good, Where could we buy these? Yeah. You can buy these at, um, here in Southern California, we have a chain of supermarkets called Cardenas Supermarkets, and it's available in all 31 stores. We are, um, that's only been in the last few months that we've been uh, approaching supermarkets to start testing the waters to get this product out. And so um, that's our starting point, and we are, we are looking to rapidly expand where, where they're available. How, how can uh, the bakers contact you, Jonathan? Oh, please uh, send me an email. would be great at sales at candlecandies.com. Very good. Also, if I could leave my phone number, is uh, 
323-533-9950. I'd be more than happy to send out samples and answer any questions. We have many other um, shapes and flavors coming down the down the road, but um, this is our, our starting point with these lollipop uh, candles. And um, this is so yeah, we're very excited. this is just a phenomenal idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know why no one ever thought of it before. I hope yeah. you become a phenomenal success, Jonathan. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Good job, yeah. Everybody Good job. has a birthday. Yeah, Or exactly. an anniversary or yeah. anything that we want to put right. candles on. Oh. This year we started Valentine's Day candles. Oh. We're going to do wow. uh, anniversary candles, graduation candles. It's kind of limitless, but it was, it's been really rewarding just to get it to the point where we can have them manufactured and, and get them on the shelves and, and start gathering feedback and, and um, evolve the product even further. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to send some samples to you guys today to try them out. That's great. Well, thanks for joining us, Jonathan. Oh, thank you, Dr. Carson. I really appreciate it. All right. Good luck. <laughs> thank care. you. I'm supposed to be on a diet. <laughs> That's not You healthy. can make bread that you diet. Right. You bread. could eat a loaf of bread a day. <laughs> exactly. And... Uh, With careful planning and enough physical activity. Yep, I'm sure you can do it. And so we've we've come, uh, you know, this far, just before we wrap up. um, Connie, do you have any more advice for me if I do continue this diet or somewhat of a modified high-bread, high-carb diet? What would you recommend for someone like me who's interested in eating a lot of bread right so i think you're doing a good job with your protein but as we talked about many times i am worried about your bones Mm. i'm honestly (laughs) worried again so lynn you are an athlete but even when we look at your triathlon training your bicycling and your swimming right. are not weight-bearing exercises. That sucks. Sorry. So those do not help you with your bone uh, too much, although they're great exercise for your heart and muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would make sure that you're getting enough of the running, and it could even just be walking. So on the days you know that you're not doing swimming or bicycling, that you're at least doing walking that day. So you're getting the weight-bearing exercise. Your vitamin D levels continue to be low. So even if you amp up your calcium, you're not going to be able to use the calcium in the foods you're eating. And you're not eating enough calcium. That that just doesn't look good from my point of view right now because you're telling me to eat more vitamin D so that I can get more calcium and Mm -hmm. I don't have enough calcium. Right. So (laughs) vitamin D is easy. It's a supplement. And most of us in the Pacific Northwest have to take a supplement anyway. So just getting into that habit every morning at breakfast, you take your vitamin D. You know, that's what I do every day. It takes me about 2,000 IUs a day. To, to maintain my levels at mm-hmm. my age and stage, and it may take that much for you to maintain your levels. And then, again, I know you sometimes take a calcium supplement, and that's good. Yeah. That's great. That's not on top of my list. Either. Yeah, but yeah. the thing, too, calcium in the supplement form is not as bioavailable as in the food form. Right. So finding some sort of source. Now, you, you were I was really proud that you tried the ricotta cheese, um, the other kinds of cheeses. You had a goat cheese not long ago. No, I, I, that's not my favorite. But you but did try it. Yeah, I did it. try it. <laughs> okay, so, um, and then we talked about, um, you know, even alder milk, alternate milks or even chocolate milk. 
Would you be willing to drink some chocolate milk? I don't know. No? Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Or hot cocoa? Hot cocoa, maybe. It's yeah. still milk. Yeah. So, you know. So put so, in more milk into my diet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll and try. again, you know, because of your um, family history and ethnicity, it does put you at higher risk well, as thanks. well. So Thanks for the advice. Okay. But I think, you know what, I, overall, I am very impressed. I'm impressed with your lab values. I think, you know, the fact that you maintained your weight, I would give you a B plus. B plus. <laughs> you know, you know. Okay, an Asians, A minus. All right, to, to Asians, B plus is is an F. Oh right? yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, an A minus. So, yes, people. A minus better. A minus. a minus is like a C. But you still have to have some some room for improvement. If I give you an A plus, then you know. <laughs> oh well, um, it's it's time. Uh, to, uh, to to say bye to our listeners. This is our last um, episode. If you guys have any other additional comments or suggestions or, uh, you know, um, recommendations for me? Well, I would say to keep eating bread and uh, just eat more and different wheat products along with that. All right. <laughs> Start drinking more milk. Uh, Non-fat. Okay. And the whole grain breads you eat are great. I, I love whole grain. I, I love David's Killer Bread. I eat it almost every day. I just don't eat a loaf a day. <laughs> <laughs> there have been times that I ate, ate a loaf of it while I was making it. Hmm. That's all there was time to eat. So. Yeah. Okay. I ate a whole loaf. Hey, if you haven't checked out Rapido Jet, do so today at bakeryconcepts.net. Remember, you heard it here first on Pitching a Loaf podcast. Now, if you can remember RapidoJet um, and its novel technology and how it could possibly change your mixing procedure, contact the president of Bakery Concepts International at Ken, K-E-N, at bakeryconcepts.net. Till the next season's bakers, love you all later. I don't even know what she's talking about. (laughs) Bye, Dave. I'm so sad to see you go. (laughs) Bye-bye. It's been 90 days of non-stop eating for me. I've eaten bread from faraway places and more bread than anyone I know. So I'm honored to the bakers from Portland to Switzerland. Thank you for sending in your bread. Thank you for supporting me on this journey. Thank you for assisting me in my message that bread is not bad. Throughout my journey, so many people have pulled me aside to warn me. And here are some of your warnings. Bread is bad for you. It will make you put on weight, Lynn. Do you know gluten causes inflammation in your body? Man was not designed to digest grains. Bread is a processed food that you need to avoid. And Lynn, white bread is so bad for you. The warnings go on and on. And guess what? I have not gained a single pound eating this much bread, and my energy levels are through the roof. The whole purpose of my journey is to disprove these biased, non-science-based information on bread. I've eaten bread all my life. I bake with, I bake with it. I work on it. I know the science behind it, and that is why I started this journey, to eat so much bread so that I can prove that it is safe to consume bread. Is bread eating for everyone? If you suffer from diabetes, absolutely not. But don't discount the low GI breads that I have experienced on my journey. 
And you can check those out on my blog, day 19 and 31. For people with celiac disease, you can consume gluten free breads, and they can be found on my blogs on days 30 and 73. For the majority of the American population, bread is a nutritious, portable food that is safe for consumption. You know, I've received some criticism concerning how I carried out my journey. And one of them was, hey, Lynn, you're only one data point, and that doesn't prove anything. So let me be clear I was not carrying out an experiment. I was using data and science based information that has been, gen- been generated from decades of research to show that these experiments and nutritional information on bread work. And I've proven it. I want people to use the information on eatbread90.com to fight the common misconception on bread, knowing that all the information that we have collected is science based. This information is great to share with your families and friends that have all of a sudden developed a dislike for bread. They developed this somehow because some websites selling new age remedies have turned them away from grains and wheat. And if you're a baker, I hope you can use my eatbread90.com information and the blogs to help you in your bread journey. I've created enough information for you to choose from to help you in your business. As you know, I do have a soft spot for bakers. So check out my blogs on day 12, 58, 62, 75, and 90 for innovative ideas for your business. Because of you, I'm working on our next project, which is Body by Bread. I can't talk much about it right now, but it does involve a community that supports bread and whose lifestyles are bread centric. It's been an awesome and life changing journey. Thank you for listening to Pitching a Loaf. Thank you for your tremendous support. Thank you for loving bread. This couldn't be possible without you. Thank you. You've been listening to Bakerpedia's Pitching a Loaf podcast, hosted by Dr. Lynn Carson. Our show is co hosted by Dave Doll and David Dublau. The Pitching a Loaf jingle is done by Creative Mills. Our associate producer is Anna Rink. Show notes by Joanna Evanouk. Our podcast cover art is designed by Kurt Rawsus. The Pitch in a Loaf podcast is produced at Bigfoot Podcast Network in the heart of beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon.